Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. In this series of special podcasts, we'll be talking about the Doctor's companions, assistants, mates or fam if you will. And each episode, I'll be talking to a very special guest about a companion of their choice and discuss topics such as the companion's impact on Doctor Who and why fans connected or perhaps did not connect with that particular member of the TARDIS crew. My guest this episode is one half of the Big Blue Box podcast. It is Gary Alots. Gary, welcome to the Who's uh, podcast. Hello, mate. hello, hello. How are you doing? You said the name of our podcast a lot slower than... Uh, yes, yeah, so I just need to make sure people know what it is. Because <laughs> I'm so used to breezing through it on the show. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, a nice one, the Big Blue Box. Yeah, cheers, mate. Exactly. No, no problem, no problem. And I'll give you the, uh, the opportunity at the end to uh, tell everybody where they can find your podcast Lovely. as well. So uh, there's always an opportunity for, for uh, a bit of self-promotion. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? So, How are you doing? You all right? I'm doing, I'm doing very, very well. Very, very well. And, um, well, of course, you're here, obviously, to talk about your favourite companion. Indeed. Well, I, I say your favourite companion because we've had people on before who've elected to talk about a companion, but it's not, not necessarily their favourite. Okay. Okay, so, um, but I'm sure this one is your favourite. It's Donna Noble. Donna Noble, yes. I think uh, more commonly known these days as Donna Temple Noble, if memory serves correctly. Yes, I think I think that's right, actually. Yes, Donna Temple Noble. I'll, I'll stick to Donna Noble just for uh, <laughs> ease of use, I think. Yeah. Else. <laughs> so, um, why why Donna Noble? Was it, was it because um, are you a sort of Catherine Tate fan? As well, as well as a Donna Noble fan, or was it just the character? Yeah, a bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah, because yep. I remember at the time, uh, I wasn't watching Doctor Who back when she was when she came onto the show. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that was back in okay. the early, when was it, 2007, I think? Or, no, 2006, I think she came on. 2006, yeah. I Doomsday, think so, yeah. that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't watching Doctor Who back then. I didn't jump on until sort of the early Matt Smith years. So this was before when I was actively watching, but I do remember the the hoo ha that, that that surrounded this when she was announced, especially when she was announced to come back as a full time companion. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, there there was quite a bit of I want to say controversy, but certainly as usual, you know, the fans went crazy. So <laughs> they did indeed, and I think it was um yeah, I remember reading it in the paper, I believe, one of the newspapers. That Catherine Tate had been announced as as a regular on Doctor Who, and um, yeah, I just remember reading a lot of, well, I say a lot. I remember reading a, a little bit of um, fans not really being so happy about it because they assumed that she would be this um, kind of slapsticky, over the top comedian and not not a straight enough actor. I think is the best phrase to use. Yes. Yeah. So I remember yes. all that and thinking, oh, who fans are a bit sassy. <laughs> who fandom is a bit um got the knickers in a twist over it and uh yes, yes when i caught up with it so after i watched um because i got into doctor who just i was browsing through tv one evening i stumbled across mm. one of the matt smith um episodes and uh yeah i thought oh, this is really cool and then i stopped that because i thought right if i'm going to watch doctor who, if i'm going to jump into it, i'm going to do it properly so i stopped i think after watching two or three episodes of that matt smith series 
stopped that and went okay. back and picked up the Eccleston box set and started watching it all through from there. And I remember when I got to the Catherine Tate, when I got to Doomsday, mm. I did kind of have that feeling that she was very, not not like like a caricature like she was on the Catherine Tate show or anything like that, but she was very, um, very bo- uh, flamboyant and quite shouty and over the top. And I thought, oh, okay, this is this. I don't get me wrong, I liked her performance and stuff, but yeah, I, it's, it's very, it's very, it's broad, wasn't it? I think it's probably the, the word to call it. Very broad performance. Very, yes. Uh, but yeah. then when she came back as a regular, you did actually get to see quite a quite a bit of her range and her acting chops. It wasn't all. She, she, well, it was very different, I found, anyway, to her performance in Doomsday. And uh, and I just think... was it, it, Well, it was, the, it was the Runaway Bride, wasn't it? That was the, that was the Christmas special that she actually... That was her first proper... Um, the first proper episode. Cause she, she appeared right at the end of Doomsday, didn't That's she? That's right, as, yeah. Uh, um, do, you, do you think that worked? Because soon after, sort of like for a lot of fans, the absolute sort of gut punch of Rose leaving, and it was all very emotional and, and everything, and then all of a sudden you get Catherine Tate, and it must have been such a shock for people at the time. I think, well, I think it was for me when she turned around and, and faced the camera at the end. Um, I, I can understand why people got a little bit, what, Catherine Tate, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was a thing, wasn't it? it was, uh, as I was saying, it was that Catherine Tate just seemed like an unsuited type of person to have on as a as a companion and so on. But I don't know, yeah. I think it, I think the show needed that kind of, that, humorous wallop just to give it a bit of a kickstart again because the the whole thing with rose i think it did become a bit of a chore towards the end because mm, um yes she had some decent moments rose it's a good companion but this whole kind of romantic thing with the doctor and this love interest and she became a little bit whiny I don't mean to upset any Rose fans, but she, to me, she did become a bit whiny. <laughs> don't don't that. worry, I've I've upset plenty of Rose fans. I, I'm not I'm not particularly fond of the character myself. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that's good then. Yeah. So yeah, she came. She just became a bit of a whinge bag, I think, towards the end, and I think people were desperate for a bit of a a slight change of direction, and I think Donna delivered that perfectly. She be, she kind of exploded on, and didn't take any crap off of the Doctor. I think that was the good thing about her to to kick off with. It yes. took Rose a little while, I think, to get into that because Rose was a bit dumbstruck for a while. She was, you know, she was, uh, I don't know, she was blinded by the Doctor's good looks and, and all that stuff. And I think it took her a little while before she started to sort of answer back and get a bit a bit of an attitude with him. But I think Donna from day one, like the very first interaction, she just, you know, yeah. didn't take any stick at all. And uh, I think the show needed that at that time because... Yeah, like I said, Rose just became a bit, bit whiny. Yeah, a bit, a bit, yeah, a bit clingy mm. and possessive and and whatever. Yeah, because I, I obviously because after you had this sort of as we thought at the time this one shot episode with Catherine Tate, then we got onto the Martha Jones, Freeman Agumon, um era. Um, now, obviously, I, I like the character of Martha. I think it's a mistake to make her pine for the Doctor as well. I know they tried to change it around with the whole. Um, that the feelings aren't reciprocated on this occasion. Um, so, but I think they made a mistake with with Martha's character because she came into a, a, towards the end. She sort of, sort of like stood on her own two feet and just thought, like, I don't need the doctor. She was going to go back to being a doctor herself, really. And as, as you know, we found out later, she joins Unit. Um, but then, so when Catherine Tate came in, 
it was announced she was back as um, as Donna Noble. I thought when it was a breath of fresh air, really, to have a completely different character who didn't want to have a relationship with the Doctor. Not not in not in that way. If you if you if you see what I mean. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, they tried. To, I think they tried to do something different with um, uh, with Martha. I, th- I think they they definitely yeah. tried to take it in a slightly different direction where it wasn't a full on. Uh, romantic thing like they had with Rose, but unfortunately there was still that there for quite a few episodes. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. Because there's always these little. Um, well, if they, if like when um, Jack picks up with the Doctor again, um, and they're talking about, oh, you know, Rose survived. She's in an alternate universe, and Martha was, oh well, good old Rose. You know, there, there was a lot of there was still that little bit of sort of jealousy thing going, on, which which Rose uh, had in. in Bucket loads, to be honest, the whole jealousy thing. Um, so, so, of course, when, when Donna comes along, it's just sort of like, you know, um, and the doctor even says at that time, I just want a mate to travel with. And, yeah, and she kicks off almost. It was almost game yeah, over exactly. from the beginning, wasn't it? It was, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I think that was a good, I think that was more of a line for the director at the audience. I know they all are, but what I mean is I think that particular line where she mm. says something like, there'll be no mating with me, sunshine, or something like that. And he, and he has yeah. to explain, no, I know, I want a mate. I think that was really aimed at all of the people that had been kind of bored with the romantic side of things up to that point. I think it was, yeah. the, I think it was especially um, Russell T. Davis saying, look, we've acknowledged now that we've kind of run with that whole companion romantic side of thing for a while. We know you that not everyone's a fan of it. So we're going to just mm. like clean slate. She's not having any of it. It's going to be, you know, friends and and, and mates literally travelling. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, um, talking to Russell T. Davis, there's a really cool uh, book. You've probably read it, mate. It's um, The Writer's Tale. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, I got that as a present from my wife, signed by RTD and Ben Cook. Oh, lovely. Yeah. As well, yes. It's, it's one of my prized possessions, that mm. one. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, there's a, there's a little... Um, there's a few pages because the, the basis of the book is it's a series of emails between uh, RTD and Ben Cook. That's you know yes, how the book is right. made up. And there's a few pages where Russell is emailing back and forth about so amazed that they managed to land Catherine Tate. He he thought mm. that after the one-off that she did, um, that they wouldn't be able to uh, to get her full time. And he was at, he was over the moon. So I think it kind of says to me that at that time, not only were a lot of fans crying out for a different type of companion, but the, the showmakers as well, you know, they really wanted someone to give the doctor a bit of a kick up the bum and, and do something else. So yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Now she wasn't the, um, if, I, if I remember correctly from the writer's tale, Catherine Tate wasn't the first choice of companion for that, for that series, was she? No, she wasn't. Um, Cause it mentioned someone else, but what it, they don't name that, that mm-hmm. actor. Um, but there was someone else lined up for the part. And I can't remember what the reasons were for it all falling through and, and Catherine Tate being offered the part and accepting. That's right. Yeah. There was, yeah. Again, if memory serves, there was another person, wasn't there? That I think that they all but confirmed like it was in the late, mm. like the last stages that that person was just about to put pen to paper. I think it was a, pretty much a done yeah. deal, but something happened. It fell through, but yeah, that's a, a nice hand of fate, I suppose, for for Catherine. Tate. I suppose I'd, I'd love, I'd love to know who it was, though. I really would. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, it would be, I'm not sure they would, we'll be able to find that out. Might have to do a bit of digging around. 
sure we can find it out somewhere. Someone must yeah. know, surely. Surely someone We'll give Russell know. a ring later. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of her first ep- first sort of proper episode as, as like a full-time companion partners in crime? Obviously, it was it was a very much of a um, a comedic style episode. Um, but obviously, you had the, the bit where they discovered it. They're both um, investigating the same thing and come across each other looking through windows from the opposite sides of that office, um, which I think is a great scene, actually. They're both miming to each other. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I, think, which I think is brilliant. Um, yeah, so, what, so what, what, did you, what did you think of that first episode? Did you think, you know, this is going to be a more of a comedic series, or do you think it was sort of, this is just to, you know, in, reintroduce the character, and then it was going it was going to change, as it did, really, but... From that first, from that first episode, did you, what? What was your opinion of how how you thought that series was going to turn out? Yeah, it's an interesting one that opener, um, Partners in Crime, because for the most part, it really is a well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a Doctor Light episode, but it it very it heavily focuses on on Donna that one, and rightly so, yeah. you know, because it's the it's her first proper. Um, episode as you said and uh yeah. yeah i think one thing that i do like about Catherine tate that that comes through in this first one and across all of series four really is her consistency so yes bearing in mind that that little um uh, the, the little section that she was in right at the end of was it voyage of the dam she was was it voyage of the dam she was in it at the end Oh, no, that was the, um, it was the end of Doomsday. Oh, sorry, Doomsday, yeah. And then Voyage of the yes, Damned was the yeah. first sort of isolated one, and then she kicked off as a companion proper in Partners That's Primary. right, yeah. So in those yeah. previous ones, even the little snippet um, in Doomsday and then that that full episode for Voyage of the Damned, you would have thought that there might have been a slight change in either how Catherine Tate wanted to play that character when she landed the role properly or if the writers might have changed it up a little bit with the writing and so on. But what's really cool is none of that happened. She just landed straight in and you knew that it was exactly the same character that we'd seen previously, albeit quite briefly. So that's one thing I do love about Partners in Crime is that you know exactly what you're going to get if you'd seen those previous appearances. Yes, that's it. And um, for the most part, I think they got the comedy side of things because there was still some chat around that time about who fandom and uh, Catherine Tate being a full-time companion, even though they'd already seen her and quite liked her, there was still that, mm, we're not sure if we want to see her like every week um, yeah. for a while. I think not everybody, but I think there was a portion of fans that were like that. And I think after this first one, it kind of just settled everybody because there wasn't that over-the-top um, stupidity or very, you know, uh, visual slapsticky humour and stuff that they'd known her for. So I think it settled no, everybody certainly. a little bit. And I think they got the comedy bang on, really, because you've got the, the interactions with Donna and her mum were quite funny and Will, um, all that stuff was quite was quite nice and funny, but it wasn't over the top. And the only scene, really, that was over the top, but it's brilliantly over the top, is the scene you mentioned when they're miming at each other through the, through the glass in the doors. Um, yeah. So I think that got a big laugh. That's something that me and my wife still crack up laughing every time we watch that. <laughs> uh, we crack up at that bit. And then from that point on, it's like, okay, have, are they going to turn a corner here? Is it now going to get a bit serious now the doctor's on board and they've met up with each other again and stuff? But that sort of nice balance of humour and 
and sort of storytelling and interaction with the Doctor, because at this point the Doctor does start to turn a little bit um, darker, should I say, David Tennant's Doctor, as we get into Series 4. Um, yeah. It does start to go slightly darker in a few places. So, But I think, again, that's something that we needed to counterbalance that with the Doctor's slightly darker side as we're coming up to the end of Tennant's run. Um, mm. Having someone like Catherine Tate who can deliver the the comedic side of things is exactly what's needed. So I think it's a, a great a great episode to kick her off with properly, Partners in Crime, but also Series 4. I just think it's a... If we had Rose in Series 4, it'd be very different. I think it would be a very... Oh, well, yeah. well, of course, Partners in Crime reintroduced Rose right at the very end, and that was a, a genuine surprise, certainly on, on the first watch um, for everybody. Um, but I think I think somebody likened this uh, Partners in Crime to... I think it's sort of like one of those sort of screwball comedies from the 1940s. Oh, a bit Scooby Doo, a bit like yeah, 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 exa- yeah exactly. Um, sort of like with the, um, like like you know the bit as, as we just discussed with them sort of miming to each other across the office and actually being in the, in the office at the same time but not knowing the other ones there, kind of thing. So um, when they're questioning the staff, so yeah, there's. Um, there's a lot, and of course, the, the one line I still makes me makes me laugh actually is at the end where they're waving goodbye to the adipose as they disappear on the on the mothership, <laughs> and Donna just says, "I'm waving at fish." <laughs> so- <laughs> That's what I mean. She has these cool one-liners that she doesn't deliver sort of over the top in a silly way. She delivers no. she delivers them perfectly in contrast to the Doctor. That's what I like about yeah. their their companionship is. Um, while the while David Tennant's performance is um, not quite as upbeat and and uh, and crazy as he was in like series mm. two or three, um, yeah, I think having someone like Donna there is just what's needed. Um, because yeah, and when you talk about the kind of screwball, really old school comedy and stuff, I think we've had yeah. worse than that. In who I think. Um, in in Love and Monsters, you remember the flashback scene where Yes, yes, when they're chasing it's like, it's like, it was like a Scooby Doo yeah. chase, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think we've had worse actually in, in some episodes yeah. of Foo. So I don't think this one was too bad. Um but I th- I think they got the comedy pretty much bang on, to be honest with you. I I still I find it funny. So. Yeah. 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 So t- so now with the next episode's Fires of Pompeii, and I think this is where we start to see the other side of, of Donna, really, when she basically sort of begs the doctor to save that family you know from from, from destruction um and I, which I just thought was absolutely um fantastic really because you know it, it didn't sort of try to continue the comedy aspect too far really did they with that they sort of like immediately they, they sort of hit the ground running with the character and thought okay we're going to show a different side to the character um there's a lot more shows a lot more compassion and not as, as as gobby yes yeah as you would expect her to be yeah i mean i think um yeah as i mentioned earlier they um now that she's on as as a regular companion they've got room now to to show her more sort of pure acting ability for drama not just comedy and i think this one is a great example of that because like the the very quippy one-liners are not completely gone but very much stripped back in this one and yes. I think it's um, I think it's because it's her first sort of otherworldly travel with the Doctor. I think there's an element of uh, she's kind of in awe of it all, and she's gobsmacked by a lot of what she's seeing. And and 
But one thing that's cool about Donna is she never loses that human, um, that human caring nature about her. Because all, I think sometimes it's a bit of a front with Donna, like this big sort of comedic facade almost in some episodes where it's a bit of a barrier for her. You know, it kind yeah. of protects her, I suppose. But in this one, that's, that drops down quite a bit. And she does get quite emotional about that family and wanting to save them. And yeah, so we have a bit of humour in this one, but not too much. But then there's a lot of drama, a lot of tears, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I, yeah. I quite like this episode, actually. I think it's a, for Donna especially, I think it's a really good, they didn't leave it too long in the series to show people, look, yes, we've taken on a, a comedy actor, but she's actually a really good drama actress as well. She can do all of the the emotional drama yeah. stuff. So uh, yeah, another one, I think they got the tone pretty much bang on with that one. They dropped the comedy a little bit and went more into the, into the more, I don't know, it felt a bit classic who almost that one. Yes. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I, I take your point on that one, actually. Um, it, it sort of, it sort of come back to that whole, as you say, the, the you know, the companion influencing the doctor a bit more uh, than, than what we'd had previously, I, I feel, because I think it was either the, I think what one of the, the, the criticisms that was levelled at the show when it came back in 2005 was the fact it, the Doctor didn't really solve a lot at the end. It was the companion that was doing it. They seemed to shift that that dynamic, uh, especially in the opening episode, Rose. It was Rose who saves the day. It, was, it wasn't really the Doctor. Um, but I think in, as you say, in the Fires of Pompeii, they've gone back to the, the companion rather more influencing the doctor to, to make a decision or to do the right thing. Yes, yeah, and I can really. see that story. Um, if that was going to, if that was a, um, a a script or a story in the classic years, I can see that would have been a really good Tom and Liz Sladen story. That one. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Actually, I'd, I'd like to see that. Now you mention it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think. Um, unfortunately, it will never happen. But never of mind. Of course, yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. yeah, I just think that Donna's got. I don't know. It just seems to have a classic Who feel about it because, yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. She, it just seems like it's quite similar to something that Sarah Jane would have done back in the day. Yes. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the time he gets to the plant of the Ood, that they continue this again, particularly when they find um, that Ood in the snow, and, at the beginning. Um, and she picks up his translator to talk into, and the doctor says, "No, not like that." And he said, I'll, I'll, "She gets so so flustered at that point." But it wasn't sort of like a a gobby fluster. She seems to be generally upset that she got she got it wrong with her sort of like you know talking to this this sort of dying ood in front of her. Um, and then she's again the compassion thing comes comes out when you know when she realizes it's dying, and the doctor says, just just talk to him, you know. Um, and that bit at the end, I mean, it's a, it's an uneven episode, I think, Planet of Views, but that bit where the Doctor lets Donna hear the Ood song, basically, or, or, you know, and, and she just gets so emotional and starts crying and said, you know, make it stop. She can't handle it. Um, again, I think that's a fantastic scene. And I think Catherine Tate plays that so well. She does, and yeah. Again, it, and, and it shows off her dramatic chops again, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting that they kept that theme running for a couple of episodes because you would have thought after uh, a slightly sort of emotional one that we had, uh, The Fires of Pompeii, that they would have maybe switched it back to a bit more of a comedic one. But I think this one as well, the um, Planet of the Ood's just as emotional to me. I think... Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's a similar formula where the Doctor's... The, the way that he comes across is quite like... Um, I wouldn't say over... 
I wouldn't say bullshit or anything, but he comes across like he's, you know, he's, he's been here, he's seen it all, he's done all this. He knows, you know, what the crack is. Whereas Donna, she's yeah. fresh to it all. So she doesn't quite, she doesn't quite have that experience to say, oh, okay, yeah, I know about the youths that they're, they're essentially slaves. I know about that. She can't believe it that they're slaves. You know, she's... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, whereas the doctor's more like, oh, yeah, they're rude. You know, don't worry. Everyone loves a nude, you know, whatever. Whereas she, um, she can't quite get her head around it. And it's... um. Uh, yeah, and it, another good thing about that episode is, uh, along with the the emotional stuff that she has to deal with, mm. and she is very compassionate towards you. It's also her disbelief that all the other people accept that they're slaves as well. So there's a scene where um, I think she's having a bit of a a bit of a to do with the, who's the main manager guy who loses his hair and turns into a nude at the end. I forget his character name, but. Uh, I know that the the actor Tim. I always I can never pronounce his surname properly. Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, Mc, 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 is it McKinney or McKerney or something like that? Yeah, something like that. But it. yeah, I know it was yeah. Lord Percy Percy, but Blackadder. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kleinman, <laughs> yeah. I think his name was in the in the episode. That's yes, right. Yeah. I think you're right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she has to. You know, she's kind of flabbergasted at one point. She can't believe that this is going on, and she's like, "What? What's wrong with you? Like they're born with their." brain in their hands you know she's almost like trying to educate back to him the stuff that he's been missing because he's been blinded by money or power or whatever and so she's yeah. quite flabbergasted you know she's she can't quite believe it so that's another good aspect for me anyway on that on that story where like a double whammy for donna she's compassionate towards the Ud, but she also can't believe that all the other human people selling the Ud can't seem to grasp the struggle and what's going on with them so yeah, so a bit uneven though, like you said, a little bit. You have to kind of stick with that one because. Yeah, um, but, but it's good for her character though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just for her and yeah. her progression. Yeah, just it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So after that, we get the uh, the Sontaran two part, the Sontaran stratagem, and the Poison Sky. Um, and again, we we get um, Martha Jones and. And a, and a lot more Wilf in this one as well. I'm glad to say. So, because um, I'm a big Cribbins fan. Um, but again, I. I I still quite, I quite enjoy this two part, and again, it, it gives it puts Donna in, in the you know in the thick of the action um, on the Santaran ship, um, and again, it's that it brings back the whole thing of the, all, all everything about Donna is just the front, or you know being bullshit and shouty. But when she's sort of she's not quite sure of herself, really. It's, it's just it's the it's the the whole shouty bit. It's just to cover up her own insecurities. Isn't it really? And I think this comes to the fore again in this story. A little bit, yeah. You kind of you start to see, or you start to understand a little bit more about her character and why she does the things, why she does the things that she does. I think if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it's uh, th- that coupled with some of the uh, the the comedic stuff. I think it's just a way of diverting people's attention away from how she's truly feeling at times. Um, like she might feel one way, but maybe she doesn't want to say it at the time or she doesn't want to reveal how she's feeling for whatever reason. So she goes, yeah, yeah, like you said, she goes a bit shouty and a bit, um, sort of funny, funny, funny person. And, um, yeah, but it's interesting in this one, um, that the balance, I think swings round a little bit more now towards, uh, the doctor taking the lead a bit more. So in the previous couple of episodes that we mentioned, um, mm. Donna does feature heavily, especially in the conclusion of those stories. 
Yeah. Um, but I think in this one, I think the tide starts to turn a little bit back towards the doctor taking the lead a little bit, even right to the end in the conclusion. I think um, it goes back to those very early days of just companion following the doctor uh, to a degree anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, of course, this one, this one, you, you've, you've kind of, I suppose you could say Donna's kind of undermined with the return of Martha. Yeah. In yeah, this a little one, bit. To, to a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. Um, I know sort of Free Gagwin's got playing a dual role in this one, um, but there's, I suppose it, it's trying to strike that balance, isn't it? If, if you're going to bring back an old companion, you can't really bring them back and then sort of sideline them at the same time. You've got to give equal, almost like equal billing to, to Catherine Tate and Free Gagwin there, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, otherwise you're in that trap of people complaining that there's not enough Martha, too much Donna, and the other way around, if you don't get that bit yeah. right. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What and been, uh, you know, what, why bring her back if you're just going to sideline her? And yeah, yeah, you you get all sorts of accusations made. And exactly. Let's be honest, yeah. um, Doctor Who fandom or certain sexual fandom likes to make accusations. Oh, so. do they? Crikey! Oh, yes, they yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the dear. two part that that's a bit of a yes, yeah, a, a bit of a. I wouldn't say it's a marmite story that one, but I have to no, I have to definitely I, be in the mood for it. Put it that way. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Now, the next one is a Marmite story, The Doctor's Daughter. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, Jenny. Um, yeah, yep. th- this is a this is a a, a, a strange one, um, which I can't really... I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really enjoyed this one, to be honest. But but for, from a from a Donna Noble point of view, again, she's guiding the Doctor, again, to make the right decision. That's to accept Jenny. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh... Yeah, and this is another um, another example. I think this they now that we've gone back to just the Doctor and the Companion, mm. I think now they've just got the formula back on onto the main road like they had before prior to um, yeah. uh, the Centauran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. So now we've gone back to the Doctor being again. It's hard to describe the Doctor's motive in in this series with some episodes because I don't want to call him arrogant. I don't want to call him. I'm really struggling to find a word to describe how he is because he's kind of borderline a few things. He's a bit cold. He's a little bit um, sort of non-engaging in some parts of it. Whereas I think yeah. Donna comes across as the voice of reason a lot of the time in this series. And it's uh, evident absolutely in this one where, um, yeah, because I don't, this is, this is probably, um, uh, indicative of this story. I don't actually remember <laughs> the middle part of this story, I'll be honest with you, even though I've watched it a few <laughs> times. It's just one of those stories that just gets lost on me a little bit. Like The beginning is fairly strong, where they, they clone the Doctor's DNA immediately and they create Je- the character Jenny, the Doctor's daughter. And yeah. then the end is quite cool, like the bit you mentioned where the, the Donna's trying to get the Doctor's head in shape where, you know, he can't just abandon his daughter, it's his daughter, and he doesn't get that. So, um, but I think another good story for Donna, though, it really shows that human side and yeah. that um, that compassionate well, side that's really just not there from the Doctor in this series at all, really. Not really. I mean, again, it's it's another story that's got to play that balancing act between Donna and, and Martha, um, which I think it does to a... I don't, to, 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 it achieves to, to a certain degree, um, I feel that a lot of people do pick this episode out as a an example of, of um, Freeman Aguman's limited acting, which I I don't I don't get actually. I think it's rather um, rather unfair 
um, to, 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 to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like, I mean, actually in this story as well, I mean, it's Donna who, who figures out what's been going on and how long this war's been going because she figures out the dates that are, that are sort of stenciled around the base. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about all that, see? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's on the yeah, case. Yeah, it always comes yeah. back to back to that. You know, when I was a temp doing whatever it was. Um, yeah. That, that, so it, it's it's putting that knowledge to use. Because I think with the with Martha, you had the fact that she was a doctor, but they never really made use of it uh, um, so much. So they, I mean, it's like the same thing with Sarah Jane. She was a journalist, but they never really made anything of it. Really, not not sort of beyond say robot. Um, with, with you know Tom Baker's first story, so and after that she she just became a companion, and I suppose it wasn't until the Sarah Jane Adventures they brought back the whole. No, actually she's a journalist. This is what she does. Um, so, so I think with, with with Donna they they still keep sewing those that you know bringing back the fact that she was a temp. She never really held held down a, a long term job, but all those skills that she learned somehow or other she managed to bring it to the story, which I which I think is good. Yeah, grinding away Actually. is the old Chiswick, the fastest yeah. typer in Chiswick or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they don't go to waste, those skills, clearly. No, they don't, <laughs> they don't. So, Which is what I like, that's what yeah. I love about the character, you know, it's, it's great. It's a, bit, but, it's a bit more relatable as well, rather yes, than someone is. like Martha, who, like you said, is a, a doctor or whatever, but never yeah. actually utilises that skill in, men, in hardly any of the stories. Um, no. And then goes off to work for an you know imaginary, I say imaginary within the the scope of Doctor Who, this very yeah. um, you know non government official task force or whatever, um, and then yeah, Donna's just this grounded person who's had a few part time jobs, but you know she's got a bit of gumption about her. She knows when to recognise things, and she kind of outclasses the Doctor a little bit, like you said, by recognising that stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, no, I think yeah, it's it's a it's a um, again a Marmite story. But I suppose the next one is also a Marmite story, the Unicorn and the Wasp. And we're back to the the screwball comedy again to a certain degree, aren't we? Indeed, yeah, the Unicorn and the Wasp. So, do you know what? I actually quite like this episode. Um, the reason I like it is because it does provide a little bit of comic relief before we get into some quite heavy stories. Yes. Yes, and uh, yeah, we we certainly do. Yeah, the <laughs> second half of series four is very very heavy. I think, but absolutely, um, yeah. yeah, no, this it's it's an interesting one. Again, it's it's sort of kind of a um, a semi historical um, one as well with the, you know, try and explain the that the, the, when Agatha Christie went missing mystery. Um, you know, it, obviously this is now sci fi related. Um, okay, the, the giant someone turned into a giant wasp is a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a bit ridiculous, but then again, we're watching a show about a man who travels around in a in a, a police telephone box in time and space. So you know, come on, you've got, <laughs> in for a penny. You've got to, you've got to yeah. let these things drop sometimes, <laughs> don't you? So. Uh, what do you say to stuff like that? I've had that so many times, mate, over the um over the years when people have sent in reviews when we've done uh, where we do like a <clears throat> weekly review on our show and we ask people to send in their thoughts. I can't tell you the yeah. amount of times I've read comments something like, "Yeah, but I don't understand why." this person would, you know, would fall through a, a black hole or something. Well, you have to understand that this is a, a fictional show, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that... Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, right? <laughs> the fact that there's a giant wasp knocking about, 
it's, it's not it's not what you should be focusing on like the reality and if it's possible within the laws of physics and stuff it doesn't matter it's just a it's no. just a fictional show just get over it <laughs> it's just there get go with it yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's uh i think the thing is i think we all we all i mean i've certainly done it um you know re- you know reviewing doctor who stories and you sort of get to that point. Well, why did this happen, and how can they do this when you know it's not possible because of so and so? And and then sort of afterwards, I sort of listened back to thought, oh, why was I getting obsessed over that <laughs> silly, silly little minute detail of the story? For you know, as I say, you know, it's a, it's a make believe show about someone who travels in a police phone box through time and space, exactly, and he's got two hearts. Yes, you know, so yeah, yeah. just go with Let's it. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, the unicorn. I think. Yeah, it's got a kind of, again, it feels like a, with the comedy aspect and the kind of nuttiness about it aside, this one feels a little mm. bit like a classic Who story as well. It's got that old school Cluedo whodunit um, sort Well, of yeah, they, they tried to go for that that kind of Agatha Christie kind of mystery, you know, you get everyone in a room yeah, yeah. and deduce who the murderer is or, or announce who the murderer is, that kind of thing. So, um yeah, it, it was. It was sort of. How can I put it? It was sort of ticking the boxes of all those murder mystery tropes, wasn't it? Really, exactly that. Yeah, it was that classic kind of who done it. And then the Doctor plays detective in the truest sort of sense of the word, where he rounds yeah. everyone up. And then it's a case of, was it the vicar in the study with the candle? So you know, it was yeah. that. Let, let's go down all the different routes and stuff until they get to who the killer is. But I think um, the thing that's cool about that is. The, the the outcome, although it might be because it really it's just a potluck. Really, you just choose somebody because all the clues don't really add up until later on in the story. So it no, literally could no, have been right. anybody. So you know, you sort of take your pick until you you find out. But then the story kind of takes a weird twist at the end. Not in terms of a big reveal, but it does take a bit of an emotional turn at the end because it's been very comedic and screwbally up to that point but then the last 10-15 minutes are quite emotional really it's a bit um like with Ag- Agatha Christie and um you know having that the doctor trying to explain to Donna that you know she stories live on you know that really touching bit at the end when they find her book yeah. in, in in the TARDIS and stuff but then the bit before that about what's her name lady something who ended up having an affair in India with some alien that's right uh, yeah, yeah something like, and uh yeah, and that sort of comes to fruition as well. That all sort of comes out into the open. and So that's quite emotional as well. And so it does take a little bit of a nice turn towards the end. So I can see why people see it as a Marmite story. But it yeah. does have some cool little bits in there. I, th- I think it's not one of the best out of Series 4, but... No, it's not. It, it's, it's, I think it's probably one of the most sort of throwaway episodes of that of that particular series um but I, again i think i think you know Catherine tate is really good in it though i was gonna say yeah going back to donna i think she yeah. again is consistently good with this one i think yeah. um yeah she doesn't oh, she has some funny little bits though she does have some funny um like the bit where the doctor's poisoned and he's trying to describe yeah. you know in the kitchen the stuff to to take to remedy that and it's like a bit of a charades bit and so that's all really funny and stuff she does have some good moments but yeah. yeah, not a bad one for Donna, but mediocre in terms of the series for the story. Yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. Now, now we get to the, the half of the of the series where it, it takes a where everything is serious here on in, isn't it? Because Pretty we much. get the the uh, another two parter, Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. Um, and I th- I think this is probably I know that that the story comes up next. Um, 
actually Midnight's next. The Donna's not, it doesn't feature that one too much, but then the next full Donna story, Turn Left, that's probably her strongest one uh, of the series. But but again, this one, I think I think this one is quite heartbreaking. This story, um, yeah, because that that, that whole bit the, at the end of um, Science in the Library, and she's been turned into a, a, a was it a, a, what are they called nodes? Yes. Um, and she's basically announcing herself that she has left, you know, she has left the library. Um, and I thought the way she's just kept repeating it over and over again, and the doctor sort of reached out and touched her face, oh, Donna, like that. He, he, he sort of like, you. So, I think it was it's sort of like you feel for the doctor at that point. You, you really do generally feel he's lost a friend or he, he thinks he's lost a friend. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, actually. I think that's a nice bit of foreshadowing as well for what actually happens yeah. to Donna. Because yeah. it's a bit well, because you've got the because you've got the other thing with um, uh, uh, River Songs. That's, she's introduced in this story as well, and she doesn't know who Donna is. This is the first time she's met her, and she's not in the Doctor's future, or not in her future anyway. And and at that point, Donna knows there's something not right here. She, where am I? Yes, is the question yeah. she asks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great, and again, it, it's another really good story for for. I think this is a really really good story for Donna, um, and for the Doctor. I think I think everyone gets a good crack of the whip in this story. To be honest with you, yeah, I think this is one of the in in terms of the. I'm not going to say all of modern Who, but certainly in the David Tennant era, I think this is one of the best yeah. examples of a story needing two parts. Definitely, I think um, there's there's some really really good stuff in here, and I, the fact that they explore it over, I think if you were to try and put this all in one part, mm. I think that would squish some of the story effectiveness out of it a little bit. So this is a yeah. crack in two part, I think. This is um, uh, and not just the story itself, but for for Donna especially, I think um. It's uh, yeah. It's it's one of those stories where the focus isn't on Donna too much. Um, I think it's another one where the shift comes round to the Doctor again. You know, we have this sort of up and down almost. With some stories are very um, almost weighted in Donna's favour in terms of yeah. solving the story. Or well, I, well, I think that the the Forest of the Dead it's weighted towards Donna a lot more because that's when she's in. I call it what they call it now. Actually, I'm going to just call it the Matrix. The core, I think um, it is. Is it the-, the core? That's it. I think you're right. Actually, the core. Um, yeah, when she's in there, then it be sort of when she gets her. Basically, what she's always wanted was a family and you know a husband and children and a nice happy life. Um, and she sees that taken away from her. You know, and I, I, I think again, I think that's really, really. Um, heartbreaking for the character she gets everything she she wanted in life and and then it's gradually well not gradually very quickly eroded yes exactly and i think um yeah that's what i mean so in terms of her character and it's it's great foreshadowing as well for uh, again what ultimately ends up happening with doctor not in such a severe way but it's not Mm. exactly a happy ending in terms of how the doctor views donna towards the end but i think in this one where when I say the shift is sort of round to the doctor, it's really yeah. um he's he's driving the up to the conclusion pretty much. Because it's when when Donna is in I think I'm sure it's called the core, the computer core, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I think um she she's oblivious to all of that. So she's she's not in kind of companion 
I need to solve that. I need to solve this problem mode. She's oblivious to everything until she just, is it miss, um, evangelista turns up with the screwy face yes. and all that. Um, then she realizes that, you know, something's very wrong. Um, cause she starts to have these little clues drop in front of her. Doesn't, doesn't she? Well, like the kids just vanish one time and, and, uh, yeah. things start to fall apart. So, but up until that point, she's not, she's oblivious to all that. So she's not thinking like, Oh, I'm the doctor's companion. So I'm helping the doctor solve this problem. She's just in it thinking that this is the happy ending in the life and stuff. So it's, it's the doctor yeah. who's really holding it together in terms of it's down to him to save the day for Donna, really. You know yeah. what I mean? So in, in terms of forest of the dead, absolutely. Her performance is brilliant. You know, like we've seen in previous episodes of the series. Um, but it's a bit more of a, um, what's the best way to describe it? It's a bit more of a Donna's at the mercy of what's going on around her in this one, rather than yeah. she's made a slip up or a mistake or something. She's really just been thrown into it, really. Um, and it's down to the Doctor and River song to to mostly sort that out. So, but in terms of performance, cracking though, I love this two part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think for the for the character when she is finally rescued from the core and she's waiting to see that the people. Um, being rescued and, and and taken off world, and she's waiting for her uh, sort of husband to appear, and I think, oh no, he's, no, there must have been a you know a, a construct of, of of the computer program, and as they turn away, he appears and tries to call her name out, but he's got that stutter, and and he gets whisked away, and and again, it, it was it was it's I think Donna's story is very very tragic from that point of view. Yes, yeah, it's um. Yeah, she's not had the best ride, really, in terms of no, happy endings at no, all. No, exactly. I know it exactly. kind of comes good for her in the end, but in a kind of heartbreaking way, which we'll come on to, I'm sure, in a minute. But yes, um, yes. But yeah, uh, that two-parter, mate, it's, um, yeah, it's a good one. Actually, I think that computer's called Cal. It's the initial of... Cal, that's it. Well done. Yeah, well remembered. That's the one just comes <laughs> to me, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good one for... Another good one for Donna. It's, yes, it is. Yep. Now, unfortunately, we have to skip through Midnight because that one doesn't feature Donna at all, really, does it? This is the, a Donna Light yeah. episode, this one. Um, Other than Doctor, so take care and I'll see you later. Exactly. <laughs> she's going to enjoy herself in the spa. Yeah. Um, so I suppose really, and for me, I think th- this is where Catherine Tate really does come into her own, is turn left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is an absolutely fantastic story. Yeah, it's a belter. Yeah. It really is. And that whole what if thing... Um, you know, uh, for, for people who can't remember, I'm not familiar with this one. Basically, it's a parallel. I don't know, parallel. It's like a parallel timeline where the Doctor and, uh, and Donna never met. Yeah. And the Doctor died, and is not around to to save the Earth from all these catastrophic um, events. Like, um, I think the, the the biggest one is where is where the spaceship Titanic crashes in London. And it's a massive nuclear. And and basically, the whole of London has to, well, the South East has to be evacuated. Um, and, I, and again, I think that is, I think everybody get, is great in this one um, because you've got uh, Jacqueline King, uh, Sylvia Noble, um, Bernard Crimmins especially, um, when, when, they're, when they're rehoused up in Manchester um, oh, and that yeah. Italian yeah. family are, are taken away on, on the flatbeds, basically, basically to a concentration camp, really. And Wilf just goes, it's happening again. You know, history's repeating itself. Um yeah, I, I think it's such a strong episode. Absolutely, it yeah. This really one, really is. Yeah, this one. Um, it's got. It's just really strong 
storytelling this one in in sort of cer- certain shades really i think on the on the on the face of it sort of at face value it's um it, it's it, the message is very simple it's you know i think it's just really visually obvious you know you turn one way in life and you do that you turn another way yeah and you end up do, you know so that the on on the very top surface of it all it's a very simple message but i think once you start to dig down and it's got some some good layers to it this one and like you said with the whole family that they go to stay with yeah. they end up going off which is a, yeah ultimately a concentration camp like you said that's an emotional wallop and then the whole um thing with donna just not you know not wanting to accept anything for so long and when she finally does accept the fact that that the big was it the um crab or the uh tight it's a time beetle isn't it is it a beetle that's it yeah on her yeah, back i was going to yeah. say scorpion then but a bit dangerous um yeah the beetle thing, yeah <laughs> she doesn't want to accept it does she she kind of knows because people give her a weird look now and then and and just said there's something on your back. Yeah, but she can't yeah, see. Keeps... Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, so there's that denial that runs through some of the story as well, where she just doesn't want to accept anything's wrong. She just wants to carry on. And then you have the whole um, sort of conclusion where she um, she realises that, you know, something is very wrong and because it opens up quite... Um, uh, it's a bit of a cryptic thing in the opening, isn't it? She dives off into that tent to see the, the, um, the old story what's her name uh what do they call them like soothsayer like a something fortune, like fortune, fortune teller, teller yeah, yeah yes um yeah. but you don't really think anything's wrong do you kind of uh, something not quite right but nothing's tragically wrong and then yeah it all sort of zips back and then sort of corrects itself towards the end but it's just such a strong um sort of emotional wallop that you get at several times throughout the, especially that bit where Donna's in the circle surrounded by the lights and the mirrors. You know, they've constructed this kind of makeshift time machine, I suppose. Yeah. Or portal, whatever. And um, that bit where she's in tears, you know, she, she's so scared and everything. That shows her, because up to this point, we've seen sort of angry Donna, comedic Donna, shouty Donna, and compassionate Donna, but we've not seen too much of vulnerable Donna. And I think in no. this bit, she's really... She's pushed to the edge almost, you know, she's in tears and she's she doesn't she's really scared of what's gonna happen or could potentially happen. So I think that's another cool little string to her bow in terms of just pure acting chops that we get to see. And yeah. um yeah, it's just a, a, a brilliant episode that we that we get near to the series, yeah. So of course I mean obviously this one pairs her up with uh, Rose Tyler um as well. And I think that she make quite a good double act. To to um, I, I feel because you you had I suppose really you had Rose sort of playing almost like the 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 doctor in this story sort of convincing Donna that she at this you know at this moment in time she is the most important person in the universe and she's the only one who can put things back on track again but to do that she has to die basically um, it's uh, yeah it's it's a lot to put onto a companion. Well, not worth a lot to point to anybody, really, isn't it? So, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's why. I think that forces her to, in terms of Catherine Tate, I think that forces her to stretch her, her drama acting a little bit further than what she's done so far. I think because, yeah, um, not only is she taking the lead absolutely in this story, uh, she also has to, um, she also has to deal with the fact that 
you know, the previous companion is back uh, that we know anyway, but she doesn't know. Um, yeah. But, and also she has to um, just deal with the fact that the, she doesn't, well, because the bulk of the story is that she's never met the Doctor. It, it's almost like, you know, those certain episodes, not just with Doctor Who, but you just want to shout at the, at the screen. You know, you just want to say like, you know, just do it, just do it. You know, when she's, when Rose is trying to convince her to, um, to, to step inside the machine and stuff, she's yeah. very apprehensive. Don't do it. She's like, look, if you do it, you know, we'll correct the story and you can get back together with the Doctor and it's all going to be cool. You know, so just do it. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's she's she almost plays it understated at some points. It's all, yes, there's almost a, there's almost yeah. a sense of we're we're waiting for something slightly bigger, which we obviously we come onto with the next two parts of the finales. But it's almost like I'm going to give you ninety percent of what I can do. You'll see mm. the next ten percent in the next story. So it's in almost story, understated yeah. in her performance, but it's still cracking though. Oh, it is. It really is. So, and they well, you've, you've mentioned the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the final two parter um, of this series, Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Um, I, I've, I can't say there's no. I don't think there's any such thing as a guilty pleasure. I enjoy the hell <laughs> out out of out of this two parter. I, I make no no bones about that. I think it's so overblown and bombastic and. But I, I just love it, really. <laughs> the, um... I absolutely love it. I mean, I mean, Russell T. Davis was always up in the ante for every series finale, um, and and I think with 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 this, I think that this this was his peak. I don't I don't think it got any better than this from RTD. Um, it, it it was a proper um, Earth invasion story. It brought back all of the Doctor's companions. It brought in Torchwood. Um, it reintroduced Davros again, um, and, and we get to see again, sort of like you know, Donna saves the day, but this is sort of the, the end of a of a, a character arc, um, certainly within the confines of this story, anyway. Um, but what I what I absolutely love about it um, is is when they go to the um, the Shadow Proclamation, um, and, it's that, and you get these things. You can hear that heartbeat thing happening with it um and and again and i think she's she plays those scenes well she's sort of she's sort of stepping off into the middle of this middle distance and she's getting upset at the same time yes yeah if you see yeah there's something she, she knows something's wrong but she doesn't know what it's obviously sort of like it's it's the almost like the, you know the, the the future trying to warn her kind of thing um but it's that bit as well when they, when they do or the doctor comes face to face with davros um, over the the monitor, um, and she's now reassuring the doctor, telling him, "No, it's okay. We're safe. We're in the TARDIS." You know, uh, which I absolutely again, it's that compassion side to Donna as well. You know, I absolutely. But as I, I, I've skipped a bit actually, because when you get the um, oh, what's it called the the subwave network, whatever it's called, um, from Harriet Jones. Oh yeah, um, old Harriet Jones. When, yeah, yeah exactly. Harriet Jones. Um, it's when Donna first spies Captain Jack, <laughs> and who's he? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's those um, it's those little interactions that make her character so good, you know. Because yeah, we can talk about the big stuff, you know, the big um, emotional things that like the fires of Pompeii and turn left and stuff. But those little interactions that she has 
Um, yeah. She plays those so well, but they they're over in a in a in a blink of an eye, really. Um, but they do they do add up to make a, a really good performance overall, really. And I think this two parter really. Again, I like the fact that because they've brought back a load of other companions, it's still a fairly good Donna story. She doesn't get sidelined, yes. really. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like what you said about the, the science in the library in the Forest of the Dead. It, this needed to be a two-part story. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. It, Can't imagine yeah, this being... Yeah. No, no. It, it would have been really sort of like, you know, if, if, if you brought back all those companions, it would have been blinking you miss them to, to fill it into a 45-minute um, format. But um, but again, I it's it's like when Donald's left behind on the TARDIS, and and again the when it's it's chucked into the middle of, of the um, sort of the, 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 I don't know what they would call it, sort of like the the core of whatever the the, the mothership Davros is on. Um, it, it's again you thought, oh, is this where Donna meets her end for for argument's sake? Um, you know, it, it, again, it, it's it's so um, she she plays it really well. I, I, I feel. Yeah. And it's, um, you wouldn't be fooled for thinking that either. I think they're, because this is the finale of the series, I know, yeah. I know it's not sort of the done thing these days to actually properly kill off a companion, but no, that's not, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility for them to do that. Um, no, maybe no, not. Cause you had yeah. like, well, you had, you had the prophecy all the way through it, and you thought, are they really going to go through with this? Yeah, that's it. When, when yeah. the title gets dumped in, in the middle of the core like that. Um, but I, I think I've obviously missed a bit with the, the end of Stolen Earth when the Doctor regenerates. Again, it's Donna, you're back to the sort of vulnerable Donna. She she doesn't know what's happened. The Doctor's been just been shot by a Dalek. Rose just turned up, and it's all basically falling apart in front of her eyes, and she she doesn't know what's happening. And again, she's sort of she's upset and and sort of almost sort of angry as well, to to a certain degree. She she's just sort of like, forgot, will someone please tell me what's going on? Yeah, she's you borderline know. going a bit nuts, isn't she? It almost yeah, sounds a bit manic, like a, almost yeah, yeah. It almost sounds like a bad joke, like yeah. Captain Jack Rose and Donna going to a TARDIS. And then, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It's um. And again, I think that's one of those cool scenes where she's almost the focus of that because you, at first, you think it might be Rose because, you know, Rose, you know, apparently has to be the one that cares for the Doctor the most out of anyone. So yeah. you think that um, it, it's potentially Rose, but it's not. It's really seeing how Donna copes with it all because she's she's never been exposed to any kind of Time Lord stuff like this, you know, regeneration or exactly. that. Lot. So, exactly. yeah, it, she doesn't know what's going on. Well, it's funny you, you mentioned... Uh, you mentioned about um, Rose, because Rose has seen this before. Um, and basically, she, again, it's back to her being, this is why I don't like the character. I'm so sorry to everyone out there, but it comes <laughs> back to her being selfish again. But it's, it was all not about, oh, the doctor's about to regenerate. It's a, but I've come all this way. You can't. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Don't mean to upset any Rose fans once again, but uh, yeah, it's a bit, um, she's a bit self-centered. Yeah. yeah, it was all about her again. Um, which I suppose they got that consistent. <laughs> Consistently suppose, bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's not all bad, Rose. But yeah, she does have these... Oh, I don't want to get onto a rant about Rose, but yeah. She's, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, but it does no. focus back on Donna again, which is good because... Yes. Um, and then when we get into Journey's End, uh, we go through that whole... Um, she's kind of trapped, isn't she, in the TARDIS for a while. But then yeah. when she starts to sort of um, 
what happens? Uh, she gets she gets like the regeneration energy that the doctor puts into the hand. That yes. goes into her, doesn't it? And it causes what is it? Oh, there's a name for it. Something meta crisis. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Something I, like I, I can rem- remember the meta crisis bit, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, it will come to me at some point in about a minute. Um, but yeah, um, and then she comes back as the Doctor Donna, doesn't she? She um, yes. she absolutely just destroys all the other actors in the room for about three minutes. She yeah. just goes to town on that bit because she probably knows. I'm well, I don't know the the production filming schedule for it, but I'm guessing that Catherine Tate knew that this was like the last 20 minutes of her time on series mm. four and it's a belter of a script. So let's just go to town on it. And she really does like everyone's, even all the other actors are just fixated on her when she's talking gobbledygook and flipping switches. And it's a crazy little five, 10 minutes, but it's really good though. So she just does every single thing that Catherine Tate does in little pockets she does it really yes. well, really, really well. Because I think that the, the other good thing is is that bit where you get that the, the half human doctor um, is sort of grown inside the TARDIS, and he's sort of got a lot of Donna's characteristics. And I, I like the the way they play that between them as well, the David Tennant and Catherine Tate. I think I think they were really, really good double act. The pair of them, because I think they got on well off screen as well. So I think they're the sort of good mates um, off screen. So um, yeah, I I I love that little, little interaction there. Um, but even at the end, after she sort of um, sort of saved the day, and and that that, that you know the the half human doctor says, well, you know, we, you know, we got to destroy the Daleks, and she's, oh, hang on a minute, let's just wait for the doctor to come back. You know, you know the, the you know the real doctor, but he just goes ahead and does it anyway. Um, which again, she even though she's got that um, the doctor's knowledge, she doesn't let it r- run away with her. If you see what I mean? Yeah, she um, she's got the ability to to, to wipe the, the Daleks out, but she chooses not to. Exactly. Yes. You know. Yeah, and that's her. That's in contrast, I think, to the second Doctor that we see. Yeah. So I think there, there's a whole scene, isn't there, where the actual Doctor says you know he's quite perturbed that the other doctor than the half human one um i think he says something like he was he was born or created out of war and stuff so he's he's like the guy that would pull the trigger or push the button whereas i think that the the human side of of dr donna's not she kind of got more control over that yeah. So I think it's a nice contrast between those two because the doctor is yeah. kind of, he's flabbered. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's like, how oh, is this? What's going on here? And when she describes it in great funny detail, then we mm. sort of get our heads around it. And what's the name of it? Human Time Lord Metacrisis. I'm sure it's something I like think that. you're. I think you've got it there. We remember the Metacrisis bit, but not the, the easy bit, Human Time Lord. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm thinking it's as simple as that, yeah. but I think it might um, be, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yes, and then we have that tragic end for donna's character but oh god yeah yeah, but not donna noble as a whole because i think she in a kind of very um well it's oversimplification but in a very sort of ignorance is bliss way but not on purpose she Mm. ends up kind of you know happily married with what's his face and um yeah temple sean temple that's it yeah so she ends up happily married you know, she can't remember because I think the doctor wipes her mind, but says something like, if she remembers me or anything that we did, her main, her brain will sort of 
fry up and burn or something. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's heartbreaking because Don has actually done so much. I think he actually, I think the doctor tells um, Donna's mum and Wilf about all the great things that she's done since they've been traveling. Yeah. And that's, I think the heartbreaking thing about it is she won't remember all of the good stuff that she did while she traveled with the doctor. And as the viewer, well, I, you kind of share exactly. that. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's her performance when she realizes what, what is happening to her. Um, you know, the, the, the time Lord knowledge she's, she's taken in is just too much for a human to handle. And she's basically dying. Um, and it's the fact that the character's come such a long way that she she actually wants to, she doesn't want to go back to who she was. She wants to be there. She wants to be right up to the very end. Um, and when the doctor takes that decision to say, no, I'm going to save your life. And she's she's basically begging him not to do it. Um, and then she sort of, then she collapses. And I still think it's one of the most heartbreaking things ever to happen to a companion. And it really it is... To want a better description, a better description, it is the death of a character. That character that grew all the way through that series has technically died at the end. Well, yeah, in, in a way, yeah, absolutely. Because I think, yeah, a lot of the things that you and I have talked about, right from um, some of the early stuff, so uh, Doomsday, pretty much onwards, when we see her as a proper companion. Uh, sorry, partners in crime. All, yeah. all of those things that we've talked about, like showing her vulnerable side, a funny side, compassionate, those are things that have all been built up very slowly yeah. throughout season four. And so when we get to the end, it's like, well, she's actually she's probably capable of a lot more than that. You know, she could probably go on with the Doctor and do lots yeah. more good stuff and, and all that. So the fact that that's taken away from her, it is heartbreaking for sure. And then one of the saddest things, man, bloody hell, uh, like oh, the no. very ending for, for Donna... Um, is when the doctor turns up um, at the end of what is it called, and he gives Donna the the lottery ticket. You know when it was bought, was bought, bought by her oh, dad. Oh come on, that's oh man, Russell, come on. <laughs> that just that. Not, oh. I know, and obviously she doesn't know that, but but obviously, I mean that that upsets um, Donna's mum. As well, when he says, you know, a bloke let me a quid, Jeff Noble, and it's and look on her face, it's just sort of like he actually made it possible for a dad to buy her a wedding, uh, you know, Donna a wedding present. It, it's yeah, that's one where as the a, tissues a, got up. They've got to have the yeah, tissues as, ready. As, as much as I, the, the end of time isn't very good at all, but that and everyone cr- criticizes, particularly the end where you, you know. People say, how long does it take the doctor to die? It's, you know, he should be regenerating. I mean, how can he hold it off? Again, it's that um, whole thing of people not, not accepting that, you know, he, he could do what he likes, really. It's make-believe. You know, it's not real. Um, but, to, but to build up to that moment, I think I think it's worth it just for that, really. Absolutely, yeah. And I think really that, is. that whole last few minutes where the doctor's doing the rounds, if you like, going to yeah. all the people that he's met and saying goodbye properly, I think the... I think this the Donna one's a lot sadder than because a, a lot of people like the Rose one, you know, where it's snowy and she's on the housing estate and he says, you know, you're right, you mate. Have a good year. You, you yeah, good exa- year. yeah. A lot of yeah. people break down at that point, but I actually find the the Donna one a lot more heart wrenching no, to watch. I, I, and I, I find the Sarah Jane one more. Hard. There's nothing said between him. She just knows he's going to regenerate. He's she, he's yeah. saying goodbye. Yeah. Oh, the good. Oh. 
The good old days the, of the good old days. I know people. People sort of like saying, "Oh, you know, I, you know." They were so glad when Stephen Moffat come along. They were fed up with RTD. Then they were fed up with Stephen Moffat when he, you know, <laughs> could wait for him to go as well. And you know, it's. I thought you look back at things like that when when RTD got it right. It, it was it was brilliant. Oh boy, did he get it right! Yeah, those times yeah. where he nailed it, crikey! Yeah, Absolutely. crikey! Yeah. yeah, but actually, I mean, I mean, sw- swinging back to the end of um, uh, what's we call it, the uh, journey's end. It's that bit where he's explaining to Sylvia and, and Wilf about what you know what Donna had done, and she was the most you know just very briefly she was the most important person in the universe and Donna's mum is really really angry with the doctor sort of bringing back Donna in, in that state and she said well you know and she and it's something on the lines of like well to me she she is she's the most important person and he and he snaps back at her and maybe you should tell her that yeah that's great yeah, immediately yeah. did take the winds out of her sails you know <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah I love but, that but bit. yeah yeah but it's when it's when like Will says I can't remember if he's in this or in, or in end of time he said you know it but she, she was better with you. It's this one, yeah. It is this one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if it's that or the end of time when when the um, the doctor and Wilf are having that conversation in the cafe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't remember where it was, but I know that Wilf definitely says, "But she was better with you." Yeah, it's when the doctor's leaving after he's snapped at Sylph, yeah. and then he's making his way out. And it's a it's a bit of a moody shot in the rain and stuff, and yeah. he's out to, back to his TARDIS. Yeah, and then that's yeah. That's heartbreaking as well, you know, because Will's breaking yeah. down himself. He can't yeah. keep it. He, he can't. And, and yeah, I, th- I think everyone's breaking it because when the doctor says goodbye to to, to Donna, and she's like, yeah, yeah, see ya, like that. It, it's it. Oh. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Donna's been reset. It's the old Donna back again. She doesn't care, you know. Yeah, um, she's back to chatting to her mates and you know what am I like? I've slept through another disaster, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I think it's such a heartbreaking. End to to a character arc, particularly over one series, and I think not until um, Bill Potts came on the scene, um, I don't think I've actually sort of cared about a character arc more than I than I had done um, up until that point. I, I thought you know Donna was such a brilliant character, um, and it was really sad what happened to her um, over the course of a you know the built up over the series and knocked her straight back down again. Um, which I thought was heartbreaking, but I thought Catherine Tate was a, all the way through this this series. Um, I think we've, we've we've already said so. It's just been consistent. She was fantastically consistent all the way through. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, you can't really put it any better than that. Really, I think um, she just played it exactly. I think she played it as it was written, but I think she had her own thoughts and feelings on how she feels Donna should should be portrayed. And I yes. think because of, I think the character is a lot stronger for that because it, it, I think there's a, a a decent element of Catherine Tate in there as well as as Donna Noble and I think um, all of those different things we spoke about all the different facets of her of mm-hmm. her performance and everything I think the other thing as well is that Russell just really showed the the highs and the lows of her character and when you have that throughout the series like you said she progresses really just awesome through the whole series and we have these great moments, but then right at the mm. end, she, you know, the universe just puts everything back, you know, and, and, and that's it. And it's heartbreaking. So I think when you see a really big range of, of like 
joy and happiness for the character and then heartbreak. I think that stays with people longer than just more sort of one-sided characters. I, dare I say it, yeah. a bit like Martha, who, don't get me wrong, is a, is a good companion. And I think, but I don't think we saw as many sides to Martha that we did with Donna. No, they just tried to make it, uh, again, it was sort of used as the Doctor being on the rebound, really, wasn't it? Um, and Well, no, he wasn't even the rebound, really, was he? He just had no interest in Donna. It was, it was an unre... Uh, sorry, uh, not Donna, uh, Martha. It was an unrequited love, wasn't it? That that Yeah, that that's what her character was there for, um, which I think I think was the wrong thing to do. Really, you know, having yet another character in love with the Doctor, I think, you know, but this is why I thought Donna was a fantastic character. It, it was, uh, Catherine Tate was a, was a breath of fresh air. Spot on, yeah. It just a kick yeah. up the bum that who needed at that time. Yes. And she provided that in buckets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think really sort of like, as, we, as we've been discussing this um, this evening, I think it, it's, it's not just a case of how brilliant, Donna Noble and Catherine Tate were throughout this series. But, you know, I think Series 4 was actually quite a strong series full stop. Yeah, I think um, I think the majority of fandom kind of put this behind. I think a lot of people do like um, Series 2. That yeah. seems to be a, a winner for a lot of people. But I think there's a lot of strong stuff to go on in ser- stuff going on in Series 4. All the more better, but, you know, Made, you know, it's made better by Donna's interaction with the Doctor and her, you know, let's face it, there'd, there'd be quite a few alien and alien races out there that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Donna. So, exactly. you know, yeah. so I think, um, yeah. yeah. And I think she makes David Tennant a better Doctor in some respects as well. Yes. Because he's not so, so. Um, because he's not so concerned, I suppose, or you know, constantly looking over his shoulder, whether there's one of the companions, look, you know, is checking him out or is coming onto him. He doesn't have to yeah. worry about that aspect of the companion relationship. They can just crack on literally as, you know, one of their first interactions, just as mates and just do all that stuff. So I think in a way it makes the doctor a better doctor, if that makes sense as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. 100%. So, now, when, when you, when I sort of put the advert out for people to come on and, and, and talk about their favourite companions, um, and then w- when you elected to, to select Donna Noble, I just thought, finally. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Bit of Donna. Yeah. But you can't, yeah, you can't beat a bit of Donna. So, exactly. so I, I think, I think, I think at the end, you know, um, we sort of, you know, obviously the, 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 the characters come back for big finish, but I haven't, I've only, I think I've listened to one um one story so far but um so there's something else i've got to uh, get back into but uh i think really just to sort of sum up we we both agreed that donna's a fantastic character um and i, and I think probably what one of the you know one of the best um up until bill potts came along um what one of the best companions that, that, that the series had yep i agree with you mate i think you and i could probably talk about Series four and some of these stories for hours. So I think, yeah, to, to, to sum it up, I think, um, yeah, she, I, she is one of the best companions, in my opinion, from Modern Who. And I think yep. she, um, she, Catherine Tate just played her pretty much perfectly to the script. Yes. But I thought she brought her own thing with it. And I think yep. series four, if anyone's not watched it in a while, dig some of those cool stories out and just pay a little bit more attention to what Donna's up to. I think there's some golden yeah. little bits in there from Donna, for sure. For sure. Excellent. 
Well, Gary, thank you so much for, for coming to talk about uh, Donna Noble for this um, for this uh, particular podcast. It's been an absolute joy to talk about it, really, as an, an absolute joy to talk to you as well. Um, so, but before we before we wrap things up, um, would you like to tell everybody where they can find the Big Blue Box podcast? Yeah, thank you, mate. Uh, yeah, so you can find the show on your podcast app of choice. Uh, we're on most of those uh, networks. If you just do a search for the Big Blue Box. Uh, you'll find us on there or head over to our website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Fantastic. And I'd, I'd say really do sort, um, source out Gary's podcast or Gary and Adam's podcast, I should say. Um, it, it, it really is worth a listen. It's fantastic. And I've I've been lucky enough to be in a guest. I was a standing Adam for one episode. So, uh, <laughs> that was cool. That <laughs> but, so, yeah. 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 I really enjoyed doing it. So, but seriously, everybody, uh, do check out um, Gary and Adam's podcast. It is very, very um, worth listening to. So, um, so anyway, once again, Gary, thank you so much for joining us um, on this episode. Thank you so much, mate. It's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, listen to some of your other guests talking about other companions. It's great stuff. Good stuff. Thanks very much. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance.